Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. Sorry, I didn't mean to yell that at you. Kind of scream that at you. What? Did, are we going now? Go and go. Ah, and welcome. Yes, welcome. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. Hang on, we're here. <laughs> here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is not the podcast. This is the Bubba Top 5 episode. Because. This is a podcast. It's a, episode 149. For some reason. Everybody keeps sending us emails, and they just love Bubba and his top five, which was super eclectic. So if you listen to our Bubba episode, we asked Bubba to do a top five, and he did some weird, I don't even know how to describe it. Then Matthew G, you know, um, man, that was a good episode. I love that guy. Love him. You know, when, when, when we make friends online, and we have them on our show, I'm the guy that's like, are we friends now? Can we be friends? I'm that guy. Like, are we friends now, Matt Jude? I don't know. I don't know if we are. The first bit of it, I would not have thought so. But when we got to the endophallus, I think that immediately after the podcast, I got on Tinder and made my own profile, and I went to swiping on Matthew Jude's profile. He has not responded back. I don't know why. Mm. But I think that we're. I think we're friends. If I had to say that. If I had to, if I had to take a guess, I think we are. He has not called hey, since or emailed. Why don't you call Matt? I was gonna. I keep calling him Matt. It's normal for me to shorten. I was okay. So is this an American thing to shorten and give nicknames? Or is, do, does everybody else do that too? Like Matthew. Like I kept saying Matt, even in the like when I was putting the description on the podcast, I kept saying Matt, Matt, Matt. I was like, I usually hear him referred to as Matthew Jude, like his full name, Matthew Jude, Matthew Jude. So I just, I was like, maybe he doesn't like being called Matt. I don't know. Never asked him. Wish I would have. You should have. What's his middle name? That's how you really know somebody is when you know their middle name, because your middle Jude name is his is... middle name. Huh? He said on sporadically board, Jude is his middle name. It's so Matthew he's not even going Jude. No. It, I mean, it's on a podcast episode, so I'm sure he doesn't care. It's sporadically bored. It's Matthew Jude Cooper. We were hanging with Mr. Cooper. I feel used. <laughs> he didn't even Deceived. give me his real name. That, I'm going to start going by Gabriel Andres. I'm cutting off Moraga. Nobody can ever get it right anyway. I'm always Morgan. Gabby Morgan, your car's ready. Your Everybody had to call me. Everybody had to call me Jerry Dale. Jerry Dale. <laughs> I like that, though. It's a NASCAR driver's name or a presidential assassin. Well, it depends on how you use it. If you go by all three, yeah. But Jerry Dale Baker Jr. is a NASCAR driver. I turn, I turn left. That type thing. That's uh-huh. a good solid name. Jerry Dale Baker. Mm. Jerry Dale Baker. That's that's the guy that's like. Well, he always was kind of quiet. Never talked to nobody. We noticed he collected urine in jars. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did that in Batman versus Superman too. 
Put it on the judge's desk. That's, I don't know. I don't judge people for collecting their urine. Some <laughs> people like to recycle. I mean, that's it's uh, uh, well, Kevin Costner did it in Waterworld. You had to. You can't let urine go. I'm reading Dune. They collect everything. Urine, breath. Whenever you breathe, you got to recycle that moisture. I think they. I haven't. I haven't read Dune yet. But they collect they people's breath. They have these suits that encapsulate your body and collect any moisture that you might leak out or breathe out. <laughs> every move you make, <laughs> every breath you take. There's gonna, this guy I'm in the background it. just recycling people's moisture from their from their breathing, their deep mouth breathing. I mean, Arrakis do. has very little to no water, so you got to recycle that stuff. Arrakis. And the Atreides come in there with all their water thinking there's something. That didn't last long. Spoiler alert. Illinois? Huh. Well, yeah. I'm looking forward to reading that book. I just haven't got around to it. It's really good. Um, I have this story for you. I go into Subway. This is a hard merge. Hard merge into story Eat time. fresh. Eat fresh, Subway. Well, I wasn't going Jared. to eat so fresh. R.I.P. <laughs> so, I was in Subway. In this little podunk town, and they had up there, because I'm, I'm a regular Subway customer, I'm always excited when something new appears on the menu. And I love paninis. You know what a panini is? <laughs> Go ahead. I know no. Lil Nas made a song about paninis, but I'm talking about the sandwich panini. Up, up. Go ahead. I love paninis. I love a warmly pressed bread with melted cheese and some sort of meat in between. So they had on the sign, new to Subway, new Subway item, melts, ham and cheese melt, steak and cheese melt, or a tuna melt. I asked the, oh, I don't know how she was, probably 20. The sandwich artist? I, <laughs> I asked the Da Vinci of the Subway. Can you carve me a panini? Carve me this Subway melt. I said, I'll take the ham and cheese Subway melt. She looks at me bewildered, first of all. And she's like, what type of bread? I said, oh, I guess the Italian, you know, the, the regular white bread they got. So she gets the bread. She cuts it up and asks me. She's like, what type of meat? I was like, um, I want the, uh, the, the ham and cheese melt right, right up there. She goes, okay. She puts some ham on there, white type of cheese. That's pretty standard. Then she says, how do you want the bread? I'm like, I want the melt right up there. It's that poster right behind you. I want that. Yeah, but do you, how do you want your bread? Do you want it toasted or uh, heated? They put it in the microwave. I'm like, I want the, the, the and I'm, I'm getting more excited thinking about it, but I was trying very hard not to say, I want the melt, the melt, give me the melt. However you do it, make it. I realized she's just a kid working at Subway. She had no idea. <coughs> so I was like, she's like, yeah, but you know, we can do it however. I was like, okay, fine. I said, toast it, just toast it. So, meanwhile, there's a lady in front of me. She goes, that is kind of confusing. Like, the picture makes it look different. I was like, yeah, there's, like, grill marks on top of the bread, and it's pressed. It's it's completely different. She goes, yeah, that's confusing. I said, I, I don't know. I don't know. So, then she finally pulls it out, and she said, what do you want on it? 
But I was like, I hate to say this again, but like, whatever is in that picture, can I have that? Well, it's just up to you. I was like, oh my God, just forget it. I'll, I'll take the ham and cheese sandwich I always get every time I come in here. Are you there? I'm there. But oh, it sounds you? like that you had a Padawan sandwich artist. And <laughs> you just, the master sandwich artist was off today and you had the Padawan. And I, I think did. you should give her a break. I, well, I was being very patient. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy that blows up and gets irritated and says, give me your words and not give me, give me your emails. Give me your manager. I want to see your manager. You're not but, a yeah, not a Karen. I don't, I don't think you're supposed to say that. We can't say that anymore. That's no, derogative. That's, Cut that out. It's derogative of Karens. Not all Karens are Karens. So she comes back out. Oh, fine. No, no. So finally, she just makes she's making my sandwich the way I always eat a freaking sandwich: just toasted ham, cheese, lettuce, tomato, uh, bell pepper, onion, jalapeno, a little slice of mustard right down the middle. Just very Good very Lord. lightly squeezed. Um, you just put everything on there, don't you? Everything but cucumber and pickles. Don't like it. So finally, an older lady. Anti-pickle. I'm anti-pickle. I don't mind a pickle, but I prefer a pickle in spear form. Like Brittany. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> so this this older lady comes out of the back finally and says, Everything going all right? I said, yeah. I said, I do have a question, though. I said, what is the melt? Like, how? what is that? Oh, well. Aha. The yeah. master sandwich artist emerges. <laughs> she comes walking out with a robe and a cane, some Jedi robe and a cane. And she says, oh, well, we put it in this bag here and we toast it. And so, so like, she knew how to make the melt. And I was like, oh, okay. She's well. It, we literally just got the melts in, and yeah, we're we're, we're still training on that. I'm like, okay, but I, the way she was still describing it, still didn't like those grill marks were on top of that bread, and I did not see any sort of panini press or whatever <laughs> that you need. She's like, I feel a disturbance in the flatbread. <laughs> as 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 if a thousand panini suddenly cried out. <laughs> And then we're silenced. <laughs> so that was, that was a very. And then she proceeds to blindfold herself and make a melt without seeing the line. She just puts her gloves on and it's just done. Well, they should be able to because all the lead. I mean, that's all in the same format in every subway you go into. All the everything's in a, the same spot. I do believe. So she should I be have, able to. I have deep thoughts about your subway experience, and here's what I'm thinking. Number one. First off, you advertising that you go to Subway all the time. I really think you need to start attributing your weight loss to this franchise in hopes to perhaps usurp a previous person who also lost weight while eating there and then become a spokesperson making $12 million a year, whose name we cannot say. $12 million? He would Yes, I looked it up when he was the, the he who shall not be mentioned. <laughs> We've already mentioned it, but okay. Uh, yeah, well, okay. I'm trying to recover he from that. He shall not be mentioned twice. <laughs> twice. Because, you know, we came dangerously close about making a joke about his, his criminal record. Uh -huh. Anyways, I looked it up, and I believe, don't quote me on this. I won't. But when I looked it up, that he was making like $12 million a year as some sort of advertising consultant. He had some highfalutin oh title. And, like, he was basically just the guy. Just to he unfold was just the guy. his large jeans. 
And I will say this right now. If you were the spokesperson for Subway, I would eat there. I think the world would eat there for this just now because it'd be like, okay, used to, I weighed this amount. And then I ate at Subway and I I didn't lose a lot of weight, but I did lose. a. am I'm, I'm still big, but I lost weight by just enjoying a melt. I think people would be like that guy right there. That's who we can trust. I wish Gobby I could have enjoyed the, a melt. Gobby is, Gobby is the new Jared. Dadgummit. <laughs> I said his name. Edit that out. No. <laughs> just edit that out. So uh, that's my first thought. My second thought is, is the reason why Subway is so prolific is because it's very easy to get a franchise. Like for 50000 bucks, they'll like, you could buy the name and set it up. Wow. So, so that's why there's more Subways than there are McDonald's. Or there, there was a few years back when I was looking in the franchises. I think they did scale back a little bit. Well, yes, because sandwiches aren't in vogue anymore. Um, anyway. They do have bowls now. So, like, you can just get a bowl full of meat and cheese and veggies. I enjoy, I enjoy their chopped salads. Yeah? Uh, yeah. If you kick it, it's like a normal salad, but it's chopped up. I don't know why it being diced up that way makes me like it better, but it does. It's like a texture thing. Don't you hate it when you eat a salad and you get that big piece of lettuce that you you don't know what to do with? Uh, I, I'm actually the opposite. I don't like the chopped salad. So you like the hunks? Like the hunks of I stuff? I do. I really do. Especially iceberg. If you get that one piece of iceberg that's like a thick layered piece of iceberg, get that good crunch on it. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I don't yeah. like that. I like it chopped up. I don't like to have to navigate. It upsets me when my food requires me to think logistically about how to get it into my mouth. <laughs> Nothing used to make me angry. Don't get stuck like the ever given. Those that thing that we did for a little bit in the 90s where we had those big mouth burgers where the burgers were com- comically large and they expected you to somehow eat them. How like, do you like your them. salads? Email theboardgamesnobs at gmail.com. Anyways, so another thing about Subway. Well, I'm talking about Subway because I'm an expert on it. Oh, I am too. I go there nearly every day. Is this. Do you know how hard? I don't think you appreciate this. I need you next time. And this is for all of our listeners, too. You do this. Next time you go into Subway, you tell your sandwich artist, I don't care what their skill level, you tell them this, that you appreciate them. Because here's why. That's what it's I incredibly hard to be in the food industry and have somebody watching you make their food. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine. Any other restaurant, the McDonald's, any of them, fast food, even fancy restaurants, you don't get to see that happen. Genghis the Grill. The only places... The only places that you get to go and actually watch somebody make your food is like these Japanese grills, Shogun grills, where they're doing tricks. And these guys have been practicing this since they were young. These poor sandwich artist people at Subway, they show up thinking this is just going to be another fast food job, but it's not. You got to go to school. You got to wear gloves. You got to talk to somebody and watch, have somebody dictate to you how to make a sandwich. Hoagie University. That's That's hard. That is hard. It is. It's stressful. Like I, okay. When I was working at Walmart, I got a new job now. I don't know if I mentioned it. Uh, there was the one lady like, bam, I went in there like three times after that third time. She knew who I was, knew my sandwich said, do you want the same? Bam. She was on top of it. She was a Jedi master sandwich artist. Went in there one other day 
She wasn't there. A Padawan was there. It literally took my whole break, 15-minute break, for her to make my sandwich. Not lying. She cut the bread very slowly. She put the pieces of meat on. You get eight pieces of meat if you're getting a regular sandwich. So one, two, then her gloves are clunky. She's trying to get that meat apart from each other, and she's just doing it very slowly. Then the yeah, cheese. they don't have they don't have quality gloves. No, it's just those cheap plastic ones that they got to blow their breath on. Oh, speaking of which, I had a guy yesterday. I I got something at another store. Licked his fingers to open up the plastic sacks. I was so okay. mad. And then he gave it to me. You just gave me your tongue juice on this bag. Like I thought we were over that with COVID especially. Yeah, I shook somebody's hand the other day. And I don't like shaking hands, but it that was like an appropriate so setting to shake hands. And yeah, I realized I hadn't shook hands in like a year. And I, <laughs> I like stood up, shook this person's hand. And the moment I did it, I thought, nope, we're never doing that again. Like... What made it what made it normal that we should look, I want to greet you. Let's touch body parts. Which body parts are appropriate? Ah. Press our flesh. hands. Let's let's press our palms together. The same guy who invented handshaking was the same guy who invented clapping. How can I show <laughs> approval? While by, <laughs> What's his obsession? I shall strike myself hands. repeatedly on the palms of my hands. Slapping hands. Slapping hands. Slap hands. Slap, slap hands. Slap hands, everybody. And encourage <laughs> others around me to do the same. That's the type of collective thought we don't need. What we need are more sandwich artists in this world. Quality. Why am I so passionate about this? I have been drinking before this podcast is why. <laughs> it's, plus I, mean, the fact I agree. That, I agree. Okay. I just, I felt, I think there for a moment, I felt like you were attacking the sandwich artist. And it well, sounds like you had a, you had a subpar sandwich artist. I'm not going to argue with that. Subpar. What was her name? Not what was her name? I don't know. I didn't look at her name. You didn't even look. You didn't even get her name. I I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't. I don't make eye contact, Jerry. I look away. I'm looking at the sandwiches the whole time. Next time you go in there, her name was probably Emily. You say, Emily, make me a a ham and cheese melt. Just do it the way that you think it should be done. And I'm going to guide you. Just make one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to guide you. You've got this. May the force. Of the Pinini be with you. And she just do it. Just let her do her thing. And that will give her the confidence to one day she can graduate from the Harvard Carvard University, whatever they call it. <laughs> she puts her hands in spinach and says, let us begin. I, I don't. I, I have no. Su- I am trying my best to come up with Star Wars and Subway puns, and I can't. <laughs> the Subway I, doesn't merge I, with Star Wars very easily. It does it. It doesn't. It's because of Darth Jared. <laughs> Get God. it? I got. I got it. Okay, that wasn't any good. Cut that. Besides, that's the third time we mentioned his name, and we're not supposed <laughs> He's to. Going to anyway. appear. Move, move on. <laughs> this is big bets. <laughs> move on. Do you have anything else that you want to discuss besides your subway experience? Um, adding seaweed to cow's diet reduces methane gas by eighty. Two percent. The atmosphere is saved, uh, and there it is. I have one other thing here. So, we've been on an armadillo kick, right? Uh, what? An armadillo 
kick. I don't recall. The armor that an armadillo carries around is tough. You know, I mean, that's why it's called Little Armored One or something. That's what Armadillo, Armadillo, is that Spanish, Latin? I don't know. Larry McElroy fired a nine millimeter pistol at an Armadillo in his yard in Georgia. The bullet ricocheted off the animal's armor and into a mobile home belonging to his mother-in-law, 100 yards away. The bullet went into the back of the recliner McElroy's mother-in-law was sitting in. She was taken to a hospital with minor injuries. The armadillo did not survive the encounter. So this is my thing. Here we are talking about, this article is like talking about the strength of the armor of the armadillo. But yet, it did not survive the shot of a 9mm. So apparently it's not that tough. Disappointing. Oh, yeah. I mean... They're not, they're not, it's just plates. It's not like they're bulletproof. Well, I better take off this armadillo flag jacket I'm wearing then. <laughs> that's not exactly the, uh, yeah, that, that's. They're not bulletproof? I, no. I thought they were. No. People shoot, shoot armadillos all the time in Oklahoma. Maybe they just hit them in the soft underbelly. No. Then in July, a man in Cass County, Texas. Attempted to shoot an armadillo and ended up shooting himself in the head when the bullet ricocheted back at him. Or at least those were the stories both shooters told the police. So he shot himself in the head on a ricochet. But it doesn't say whether that armadillo survived. So this is my thing. How did it kill the armadillo if it ricocheted off of it? It didn't go inside of it. It ricocheted. How does that kill you? Well, it can go in. You can ricochet and kill something. How? You can hit it. You can hit something and it bounce off something and kill it. Superman takes bullets all the time. They ricochet off him. Doesn't kill him. Yeah, but yeah, but that's Superman. But if a it, it, you're ta- you're you're thinking about something impacting you and then penetrating and and causing some sort of ballistic damage. If you have a baseball traveling at nine hundred feet per second and it hits you in the head, more than likely it's not going to b- break into your skull. It's going to ricochet off your head, but it will still kill you. Mm-hmm. Touche. Those bullets are yeah. So there, so there you go. You're you're thinking of something that's ricocheting because of the yeah the density of whatever it's striking. You're you're thinking of actually penetrating damage, but no, 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 no. You are my density, high density, and this is a high density podcast. This is the board game snobs, by the way. This is Jerry and Gabby here, and we are doing Hello. our bubble top five. Are we just now introducing send ourselves? Us, yeah, send us an email. We're 20 minutes in. Send us an email, boardgamestops at gmail.com. Uh, this episode really doesn't count, but it does count because what this do you is mean? our 149. I don't understand why you keep saying it doesn't count. It's a regular episode. I know, but it's kind of be a little bit off the rails because we're preparing for our 150th episode, which is going to be uh, lit. An extravaganza. It's it's, uh, let's just say that, this, that our podcast, that 150th episode hits a little bit different. Just oh, to say that. Look at you. You've been on TikTok. Oh, I got the talk. I'm looking it up, looking up these sayings. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be a thing. And we're so glad that everybody's sending us voicemails. A matter of fact, here's the thing we've been asking our listeners to send us voicemails and so forth. And so that we'll, you know, play them on our 150th episode or talk about them and so forth. By the I'm time this those. comes out, it's going to be too late. So don't do it. No, do it. Here, from here on out, just send us voicemails. <laughs> we might play it on the show. Okay. I'm wanting to do like this talk radio thing. Like, send us a voicemail. So you're going to make it a regular thing. 
It's a regular thing. Just send us a voicemail and just ask us a question. Say something. It doesn't matter. Just send us something. Make noises. We're listening. And we will and we will play it on our podcast and we will discuss it. Or we'll answer your questions. It doesn't just anything. We don't care. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> and you are that's what you And you scrape. are the scum we have found. <laughs> you are what we have found. Look what and we've dredged are, up. You are the you are, dear listeners, are the seaweed that will reduce the methane in this podcast. So, uh, let's move on to our Bubba Top 5. Gabby, will you please explain to those who might not be initiated that what the Bubba Top 5 is? So, the Bubba Top 5, when we uh, previously had Bubba on our very... The last episode Bubba had appeared on. I don't know what episode yes, that Bubba. was. We should, I should have looked that up. <laughs> He's not dead. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jerry had asked Bubba to give us his top five games, right? <clears throat> right. A very simple request. And Bubba simple. has played several, several games. I have many games logged with Bubba on my BGG stats. More than five. Bubba has many games in his house that he has played. Dozens. He doesn't share them with us. He buys them and plays them with himself. R.I.P. So, we asked Bubba for his top five. He gives us the most random, wild list of games he's played, games he wants to play, games he's kickstarted, uh, TV shows he likes, cover art he likes on board games, and that was his top five. Just this random conglomeration of board game-related and not-so-much-items as his top five. Wild card. He is the wild card of the board game snobs. So it's now a thing. It's been a thing. Everybody liked it. They enjoyed it. So we're like, you know what? We had Matthew Jude give us his Bubba top five. He did well. So I said, Jerry, we need to do our Bubba top fives. And that's what we're doing right now. Buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. Not so much. It's going to be a fun ride. Will it? I don't know. But it's going to be a ride nonetheless. I'm not going to promise you what type of ride. Is it even a ride? It's going to be a listen. You're listening. Well, it could be a ride because ride is like something that goes up and down. And so I'm sure there'll be low points of the of hills the and valleys and there'll be high points. There'll be exciting things. But I see. But if you promise that, then they might be disappointed. So I like to set the bar low. That way people are surprised. Well, there's also like the teacup ride that just goes in circles and doesn't even titillate. So that could be like that. I, I like to be titillated and titular. So there, that's that's the titular teacup ride is what you can expect. Would you like to start off or should I well, start uh, off? Either, uh, it doesn't matter. But uh, this is the format in which I gave uh, Sir Jude... Number five was the last game he played. Number four was describe a game by box art. So if anyone wants to make their own Bubba Top Fives, this is the format. Number three, favorite movie. Number two, a board game you want to see made into a movie. And number one can be literally anything you just want to say. So my number five is very easy for me, as it should be for you. Fields of Arl, that is the last game I played. I had it set up on my table for weeks, weeks, waiting for Jerry to come over 
He never came. So I played it, sadly, solo. It's damp from all the tears that were shed upon it. Fields of Arl. If you score 110 points on it, you beat the solo, you win the solo, you successfully played the solo. I never got there. Highest I got was 100. Then I found out I cheated myself. So my most accurate score that I scored properly was like 80. That's the last game I played. My number five. My number five. Which, keeping in the tradition of Bubba, I'm going to, of course, throw a wild card in here. I didn't know if I should list the last solo game I played or the last game I played with a person. So I've got two games on my list because this is a Bubba Top 5 list. It doesn't have to be. There are no rules. Contained. There are no rules. So this is it. So the last game that I played with another person, I played with my wife. My son and my daughter, my family. I played it with my family. We had a family game. We played a game that I have not seen in any of the other hobby board game websites. You, like, you can only find it on Amazon from what I can see. A game called Plunder. Actually, it's called Plunder A Pirate's Life. It is a pirate game. This got sent to me uh, by the the uh, the company. And I was shocked, for one, that they just would send me a game. But two, it's a... It's it's built as a family game night game, so it's very light. And in Plunder, which you can play two to six people, very nice quality components. It comes with these little pirate ships that you can put stuff in them. You know, kind of like, uh, you remember the game of Life, where you had the little meeple people that you could stick in your the car? The plastic pegs, well, you have yes. Little, yeah, yeah, you have these little pirate-looking people that you can put on your boat, and you can put cannons, and you can put sails. And so your little boats are going around the little squares of the of the map, and you're just attacking each other, and you're attacking by rolling dice. And here's the thing. This game, I taught it to my seven-year-old, and he understood it. It's a rolling move. It's one of those. And the combat is, you roll a dice, the defender rolls a dice, and you add up how many cannons you have on your ship, and then you blow away one of the crew members on that person's ship. If they have no crew, they sink. Anyways, it's a very fun, light uh, family game. Like, it's just not something that I would play with, you know, hardcore board gamers. Because there is, I mean, like I said, it's a roll and move. But the components are, like, insanely overdone. Oh. The little ships, the board, all the quality components. And plus, there's some... uh negotiating with it because the whole point of the game is not to destroy each other but to take over each other's uh, islands and also go to these little X mark the spot areas and discover treasure and that gives you victory points and you're trading cards with the other players other resources resource cards like iron and wood and and ale and things of that nature and gold to try to build other ships because you can have multiple ships and you can add stuff onto your ship. It's just a dumb fun game. And so if you're if you're looking for like a uh, a family level game, this is this is actually pretty is it good. in retail? It, yeah, it's on Amazon. You, you can buy it readily oh, on okay. Amazon. Like I've not seen it any of the hobbies things. So you have to go to Amazon to find it. That's Plunder a Pirate's Life. And like I said, it's it, you'll be amazed by the components. Like it is a sharp looking game and very easy to learn. There's a little video you can watch on it. Uh, but as for like um, 
like actually getting together like a party game with actual gamers. This is not something I would. I, you wouldn't play that with me and Enrique? Yeah, I don't think I don't think I would like it. Actually, I think it's too, I think it's too light. Actually. Is it, it? It's it's lighter than Pirates Cove. Uh, yes. Pirates Cove, the battling yes, like, you mentioned sounded very similar to Pirates Cove. I, I would play Pirates Cove with y'all, of course, because I did enjoy it. But this is not one I would play with y'all. This this is a family level game. This is this is my seven year old and my eight year old were just my nine year old were just enthralled by this. My little boy yeah, asked. Oh, your children are Jack is always asking, let's play that pirate game. Seven, eight, nine. You got three kids? Uh how how am I saying? One's nine now. Jack just turned eight. That's uh, what got me. I get them confused. But my kids love it. So that's the last game I played with people is Plunder a Pirate Life. The other game I've played here by myself is in magnificent style. Uh, some people may have seen me post about it on our Instagram, but In Magnificent Style is a, uh, it's a solo game depicting the charge of Pickett's charge at Gettysburg. So it is very, very, uh, steeped in history. It, it itself, it's, it's, it's a push your luck. This is basically can't stop for war, war gamers. Oh. That, that's that's oh, that's the only way I can describe it. You are moving your units up aboard, getting closer to the enemy line, basically charging your troops forward while rolling the dice and accepting the consequences and trying to manage your troops at the same time. Their morale and and how many hits they're getting, how many men they're losing, their casualties, things of that nature. And then once you get to a certain spot on the board, you can kind of stop and that will be the spot that they will now hold from here on out until the next next round. So it is kind of like can't stop. You roll the dice and move up, roll the dice, move up. You can push your luck, but at some point in time, you may actually get bombarded with enemy fire, and then you'll retreat back to your last position. It's can't stop for war gamers. I got this on Kickstarter. It's an older game, actually. It came out originally in 2012, and they just had a reprint. It's a single-player-only game. It is a fantastic Whoa. Production, wow. a fantastic production. I almost bought the original version of it. I have been trying to get that for years. It was kind of hard to obtain because, like I said, unobtainium. So when the kick couldn't get, yes. It. So when this Kickstarter come out, I jumped on it, mm. and the artwork you had me at can't stop. Like I will freaking love can't stop. And this is can't stop award game. I'm in. I, I, I'm I'm going to bring it over. When it, it is. It's only the, the weight on it. I was just checking the weight. The weight is a whopping 1.8. <laughs> it's that wow. simple to learn. Nice. I like that. It, 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 play, it plays in an hour. It is literally roll these dice, compare it to what it says on the chart, and accept the consequences. And there are some random event cards that actually add a lot of flavor. And at the end of the game, uh, if you're not familiar with history, Pickett's charge was actually a, you know, it didn't work out. Like, they, they charged. It, they were all brave to do so, but it... A lot of casualties were inflicted on him. Uh, so at the end of the game, essentially, you look up your score and see where you compared historically. So it is a very light, very, you know, plays in less than an hour, actually, uh, style war game. But I love it. I'm absolutely enamored. You know, with people it. say uh, adds flavor. Flavor is something you taste. Why? Why is that a thing? Flavor, flavor text. What does that mean? I think it's because when you, when you say flavor, and I know that's weird that we use flavor. I thought about this once. 
why don't we call it aroma? Why do we use flavor instead of aroma when we're aroma text. We're, we're basically describing? Yeah, yeah. We don't call it aroma text. We don't call it style text. We don't call it presentation. It's 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 flavor. And I think what they're trying to say is when someone says flavor, is that this element is adding a a quality to the game that that adds to the theme. So this game. It, it is it's skinned as a as a world war as a civil war game, but other than the theme, what what is there that adds flavor to it? Well, these these various historical events on these cards, when you read them and they say, okay, this is what happened. This kind of adds to the theme. Mm. So and also kind of describes the various generals and troops and what happens. And so I think that general that is kind of weird. You might say. Yes, it is of the flavor text, and some generals are more flavorable than others. And but we all know that the one that had the most flavor was actually a colonel, was a colonel named Sanders. Oh, I can't believe you went with mustard. That's that's a flavor. Sanders isn't a flavor. No, no, Sanders. He's he's the chicken man. Chicken man. He's the chicken man. That's my number five. Number five. Last game we played. Number four. Describe a game by box art. Do you want to go first? Okay. Am I going to guess your game? I'm guessing so. That's how we've done this so far. Because Bubba would just said a blue box. Blah blah blah. Describe their game. I will. I will tell you. This is. uh, Let's see. Well, I guess I will do that later. This is a, I don't want to give too many hints. So let me just, I'll just, just start describe off. Describe the art only. Just give me the I'm art only. give you the art only. Is there nudity? There is no nudity. There is a, what appears to be a, a woman warrior soldier, futuristic. She has some sort of cannon. She's on the left side. An alien is on the right side with a long tongue sticking out. And this alien. Whoa, hey, 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 hey. Oh, the alien. Go ahead. <laughs> The alien appears to be, uh, I don't know, uh, but there is a gun as in a first person point of view aimed at this alien. Like the, if you're looking at the box, it's like as if you're holding up the gun mm-hmm. and it's shooting at this alien mm-hmm. and the woman, the w- woman warrior soldier, futuristic soldier also has like this chainsaw gun, like a gears of war style pretty freaking awesome mm-hmm. it's kind of blurry not super clear but it's like these dark uh tones to it but it's mostly brown the stefan feld game definitely uh, i i i don't that's that's i'm that's it i'm done name that, that game. game is project elite <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. And the only reason I know this is because, one, I got you that game for your anniversary. Happy oh, anniversary. Thanks. The anniversary of your of your marriage to your wife. Oh, not our podcast. No, like when at your 20-year anniversary, that game was on Kickstarter. And I, I knew you were just raving about that we played it once and you loved it, but you couldn't find it anywhere. And so I kickstarted that for you. And it took two years for Simon, come, come on. on, to finally get it. And so now the reason that you have it is I figured you would eventually play it, but now I have painted everything in my house. I desperately want that game oh, there are back many, so I could paint it for you. So, Mini, the minis are very nice on this reprint as well. They're sturdy. My I'm pressing on one. I like sturdy minis. My box art has several various famous people on it. Uh, this has to be something we both played. 
Yes. Titans. Yes, you've played this. Titans, you would say, of history. Very famous, influential people throughout history. Through the ages. No, I don't have that game anymore. I got rid of that crap. Uh, they are all staring off into the distance. Oh, to the left or to the right? Some to the left, some to well, the right. We're looking at it in two different directions. Are they confused? Electric, sl- electric hey, slide. Electric slide. To the left. To the left. To the left. To the right. To the right. right. To the left. Huh. Uh, it's like Genghis Khan is looking kind of to the left. It looks like that's not Margaret Thatcher. And then there's Lincoln. Not a continental, but the guy that was shot in the theater by John Wilkes Booth. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. John not, Wilkes not, Booth. Not R.I.P. John. Not R.I.P. Not R.I.P. John Wilkes Booth. R.I.P. Lincoln. John Wilkes Booth was a failed actor. Actually, he wasn't failed. He was actually a pretty good actor from a historical standpoint. But then all of a sudden, you know, he got that sick Samper Tyrannus thing and shot the president. So that that turns your acting career up on its head. No pun intended. Uh, but so Lincoln's there. And I believe this is Curry. Curry's on it. Uh, what these people doing on this I box? I can't identify it. These other, you know this game. You played it once with me. We did a podcast about it. You really liked it. I've played it solo. I think it's a great game. I matter of fact, I think it killed a very, very popular game. Nations. Nations. <laughs> I said through the ages. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I figured you were confused. Yeah, Nations actually kills through the ages. At least we think so, as does a certain Rado who likes to run through things. Uh, so and I tend to agree with it. The designer of Nations also made Nations the dice game, which I wish they would reprint the expansion. If they would do some sort of the box that had the base game and the expansions, I'm not sure I would buy that game again. I liked it. Uh, A great implementation of a lighter version of a heavy game. And he also, I think his name is, he's got a, uh, the designer of this game. I, 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 I could see his name. I can't pronounce it. He, he was on an episode of uh, We're Not Wizards with Dick Simpson, who, oh, hey, his podcast started back up again. And I don't know why he started up and hasn't invited me on it. Tricky Dick. invite me on it because I have Tricky Richard, Dick. you don't have to have us both on. You can have both of us, one of us, neither of us, either or. It's up to you. Fun fact, I had a friend named Richard growing up. And I used to call him Dick because in the United States, you know, Dick is the like the short version of Richard for some reason. I don't know why. We like to shorten things and nickname things. Right. So his mom remarried. His mom married this guy and the guy wanted him to take his last name. He wanted to adopt Richard. This guy's last name, I kid you not, his stepfather's last name was Richards. And I told Richard that if you let if you take his last name, your name would re- literally be Dick Dix. You cannot do that. And he didn't he did not do that. He refused to take his stepfather's last name. He refused to be adopted by this man. Oh because of you? Because of me. Because of you. Why would you say that? Because I was fourteen. I was fourteen. All right. You (laughs) you say things then. Hey Dick, you don't want that. You don't want to be part of a family? Go rogue. Where is Dick now? Do you know? He started selling meth. And, <laughs> and it, it's your fault. It's my fault. It really caused his life to plummet. He went wayward because he had no family. It, probably. Probably. And I'm not proud of this. What if he lives in Richardson, 
Texas. That would I think that would serve as a reminder, a painful reminder <laughs> of how teenagers can be very cruel and peer pressure could cause and you ignorant. to do things that just is dumb. That's just dumb. I think I was a relatively smart teenager though. Like, I had friends and my <laughs> relative. That's all relative. I had friends that made very poor decisions. Although one evening I also made a poor decision. Okay. So once upon a time, actually, this was my senior year. So I wasn't 14. I was 17. Is this the story about the pie? No, no. This is the story of me, my uh, speaking. uh, Oh, no, that was a disagreeable nerd. Uh, (laughs) Sharday talked about some movie coming out called the Mitchells or something. My friends growing up were the Mitchells. That was our last name. Um. We were driving around the truck, hanging out like, you know, kids do, high schoolers do. Uh, we saw our friends from school. We picked them up, a, a couple of a couple of ladies we were kind of, you know, liking at the time. And my good friend, Danny, that was also my best friend in school. So we picked them up. We go for a ride. We're riding around. And my parents don't know who I'm with. They were very strict, you know, like, don't be hanging out with these folks. Don't be hanging out with those folks. Well, guess what? I disregarded what they said to me. And I went and hung out with these folks. Uh, We're riding around. My oldest best friend, who was of drinking age. I don't know why he's hanging out with a bunch of teenagers. But, (laughs) I mean, he's 21. We're 17. But that's okay. I mean, that's not much of a difference. It was his brothers that was with. It was my best friend was his oldest brother, was his younger brother. And then he, okay, anyway, I'm getting very confused. So he bought some beer. We did not drink the beer. I'm not going there. I literally didn't start drinking beer until I was like in my 30s. But he had bought some beer. So it was in the pickup with us. We're in this extended cab red Chevy. 1994 is the year. We have my friends. I'm with this. The the girl next to me is this girl. I had this huge crush on in school. Huge crush. Oh, my God. I love this girl. She never knew that. We're riding down this dirt road, having a good time. Well, we decide to let the uh, this one of the other girls drive. She's like, I want to drive your pickup. So she starts driving. She starts going very fast. But I'm not concerned because I'm in the back seat with my, uh, my friend that I really liked at the time. Here comes a curve. We don't make the curve. Instead, we plow straight through the curve, hit several trees. The truck rolls several times. And then also ends up going end over end. So the, uh, uh, what do you call those people that show up after Rex? The paramedics. The the paramedics, policemen, whatever. And I guess whoever is like trying to figure out what happened. None of us were injured. All of us unscathed, miraculously. I clearly remember hitting the ground on my shoulder. None of us were belted in, of course. We're idiots. I was in the backseat of this extended cab pickup. I remember the truck rolling and my shoulder literally hitting the dirt upon one roll. We end up on upside down in the pickup. I'm dangling, but we're like so packed. There was seven or eight of us in that pickup. We all crawl out. (laughs) The pickup is demolished. My parents have no idea where I'm at, who I'm with, what I'm doing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm dead. But then there's my this small sliver of hope that like, okay, maybe we can just lie our way through this. We'll say we weren't doing this. We weren't doing that. We'll just say we just we're having a good time and wreck the truck. 
they end up printing it in the newspaper. (laughs) In a town of like 500 people. Yes. It goes to the newspaper. It has a newspaper. They're like, uh, crew, a bunch of young people in this pickup. I mean, I don't know why they printed this random wreck in the paper, but they did. So then we were all outed. Uh, They were asking why we were doing that. Who were we with? Why did we let the girl drive? And it was just, oh, but none of the beer shattered. None of it shattered because we're like, oh, my God, if they find that beer, they're going to think we were all drinking. Literally, we had not touched the beer because none of us drank except Steven. He grabs that beer and like toss. He like crawls back into the pickup, grabs it and tosses it into the pasture next to us. So he threw away like a 12 pack of Budweiser. I'm sure that broke his heart. But yeah, that was like, that was a, that was a thing. Like my parents kept held that over my head for several years, but now it's okay. So essentially you were riding with somebody in a vehicle and they wrecked. And that's that was the the worst thing you ever did. I mean, uh, yes, because I, a I wasn't supposed to be out. Okay. B I wasn't supposed that's, to be okay. with the yeah. people I was with. I was being re- I was rebellious, Jerry. I was being rebellious. I was hanging out. I was hanging out with girls. You are a handsome rogue. I tell you what. I, I was don't... hanging out with these girls, and I liked one of them. I, I I was basically Han Solo, and I wrecked the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, you you. A rebel without a cause. I said a- <laughs> it was. It was very. It was no cause. Oh uh, yeah. I said a days in on fire when I was eight. Okay. So <laughs> you're, you're you're trying to you're trying to tell some story of like a of a minor wreck that you had when you were riding. It was not with, minor. Oh, that truck was totaled. Oh, whatever. Uh, it was ever. a GMC Cheyenne. You remember those? <laughs> yeah. I uh, Okay. Go on to number three. Uh, moving on to number th- three. Uh, favorite movie. I'll let you go first. This is getting long. The favorite movie. Okay. So everyone knows my favorite movie is Gladiator, right? Right. So I'm going to go with a more recent favorite movie of mine. Okay. Your most, um, your most recent favorite movie. <laughs> my most recent favorite movie because I, well, okay. I take that back. It's not the most, it's, I rewatched it again and realized, you know what? This is a, amazingly good movie especially for what it is when it was made arachnophobia oh you were telling me about that i love john goodman <laughs> he has a small part in this movie jerry you may not really i was remember i know but i was telling you just today literally today i was talking to you and i said i love john goodman we were talking about godzilla versus king kong and i said i watched mm-hmm. that skull island the yeah. only reason i watched it because I'm kind of anti Kong, I'm t- I'm hashtag Team Godzilla. <laughs> I'm anti Kong. I'm anti Kong. Godzilla. I'm pro Godzilla. Godzilla is a force of nature; he cannot be killed. Uh, but yeah, and that Skull Island, I watched it. John Goodman was in it. That's the only reason I watched it because John Goodman is a highly underrated actor. He played Babe Ruth in like this the, the, in the Babe Ruth movie. Did an excellent job. He won every year as Dan Connor when Roseanne was big back on the back in the nineties. <laughs> He was the most good. I, he I, he yes, is the most good. realistic dad in TV history. Uh, um, I've never seen an episode. Okay, of like nobody had a dad Rosa. like Doctor Cliff Huxtable or Tim Allen. None oh, of us. No, no. no. We had. Me. We all had Dan Connor. That Dan Connor was it. 
and that's why I think that that was a, an amazing portrayal. But anyways, so yeah, so you 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 think that? Uh, I rewatched Arachnophobia recently. Charday had never seen it. Gina had seen it, but it's been forever, so she forgot most. Actually, I don't know if she ever seen it because it literally she it has lots of jump scares. There's spiders jumping. Uh, they were scared. They were on the edge of the seat. Very thrilling. Very fun. And it holds up. It's a 1990, Jerry. That movie came out in 1990. It's listed on Wikipedia as a black comedy horror. It is I guess I can dark. see that because, yeah, people are dying <laughs> from spider bites. But it is also funny. It, it's, it's, it's a fun movie. It's just a fun. And I, that's what I was going to say. I, right after this, I guess because I had, you know, how the internet knows everything you do, because I had clicked on this movie right after that, this movie come up called Arachno Quake. And it was like this cheesy sci-fi channel movie. And it had CGI spiders that looked absolutely ridiculous. Arachnophobia used real spiders and, you know, the general one, like it was like some sort of, sure, I'm sure... But what practical effect type spider, but it was, it was super scary, super creepy holds up. Great movie. Watch arachnophobia. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so my favorite movie, again, I'm throwing another Bubba top five thing in here. This was, this was like the hardest question for me because my favorite movie, it's hard for me to quantify that because I have watched like, is that the movie I've watched the most? that I've really enjoyed right. the most, or is it the one that I feel like encapsulates just, uh, you know, what all that I like in a film? It was hard. Like, I don't know. I, I put too much thought into this because, you know, obviously, you know, I've, I've, I've made you watch movies that you felt were just awfully boring. Like I, I begged you to watch the Blade Runner movies and you're like, mm. well, I don't know what I'm watching. Uh, Snorefest. Yeah. And like, I think one of my most watched films when I was younger, great of course, soundtracks though. Oh yeah! Oh, the soundtrack. That soundtrack slaps. Um, like I watched Jurassic Park, of course, probably the most when I was younger. But then, for some reason, like I went on this terror about watching Leonardo DiCaprio movies and that The Aviator. My wife, when we first got married, I think I watched The <laughs> Aviator like once a week for like really for That's like a weird movie to choose. I think, and I, it took me a long time later because my wife actually stopped. Like, got to a point to where when I was putting it on to watch it, she's like, you just, you need to watch something else. Like, this is an intervention. Stop watching The Aviator. <laughs> if you haven't watched The Aviator, it's a Martin Scorsese film. It's right after Leonardo DiCaprio had kind of become popular with Titanic and all that mess. And he kind of fell off the map there for a little bit. And this was like the show that really launched him. beach. Yeah. Yeah. He bombed on the beach. And this show really launched him to not just he was already a star, but this proved that he could act and he plays Howard Hughes, the eccentric millionaire back at the turn of the century. And he you know all the things that he did building planes and so forth. And it's an amazing film because they, they try to keep it as accurate as possible uh, about Howard Hughes's life. And I th it took me a long time to realize why I was so attracted to that movie. And I finally figured it out and I figured it out because I was making this list. Uh, his portrayal of Howard Hughes he reminds me a lot of myself in that I really think that Howard Hughes must have been some sort of autistic person because he was hyper-focused on many things. He was OCD. 
He obviously put a lot of energy into things. There's a lot about this when you watch the film, you'll see, of just a very broken individual, but at the same time, incredibly brilliant in some ways. And it was just, it was one of those films that every time I watched it, I was just amazed by not only the portrayal of it, just the, you know, DiCaprio's acting, but also just how they didn't make him out to be a great person. Like they didn't make him to be a hero. He was just a broken person who did some amazing things. And he reinvented the the whole, uh, you know, air travel because of him. Like we have planes and airports because of him. But anyways, that's not my favorite film. Uh, this is one I got caught off talking about. If I had to pick one, and I really liked this movie. It was one that I often forget about. It was one of the few movies that I have I da- bought and downloaded and then watched and watched and watched over and over and over. And it's not an old film by any, by any means. It actually came out in 2011. It's based on a British miniseries for which I have not watched, which one of these days I will, and I will savor it, because the British miniseries that came out in 1979 starred one Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I have often thought to myself, I want to watch the miniseries. It's like five hours long, but I've never got around to it. But otherwise, the Americanized film of this miniseries, entitled Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, starring Gary Oldman, Colin Firth, Benedict Cumberpatch, uh, John Hurt's in it, Tom Hardy's in it, Mark Strong's in it. Uh, yeah, it's got scads of people, and it's about- A relative who's who of great actors. Correct. And it's, it is a spy movie. It is incredibly slow, incredibly boring. I mean, I mean, it has actually been called one of the most boring films ever. <laughs> yeah, I know. What? I know. It, 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 there, there are people who absolutely hate this film, and then there are those who absolutely love it. I, for some reason, and it, it has mediocre reviews. Like there's some, like it was nominated like best actor, and it's got it was like Oscar Oscar bait film. But essentially, Gary Oldman is this old retired spy. Back in the 70s, and he was pretty high up in like British intelligence. And then they ask him to come back because they think that there is a mole in their little, uh, in British uh, intelligence. And so he's trying to investigate it from the outside and see if he can't figure out who the mole is. And so there's a lot of complex characters in it, and it's, it's, it's slow. You, you would absolutely hate this film. <laughs> Uh, but but man, where do the Transformers come in? That's my question. It is it's it's slow, but I, there is something about it that just. Have really you read cap- the novel? Huh? Have you read the novel Jean Lacar? I have not. I have not. I I I'm, I I I can expect that the novel would be if there is a novel to it. I suspect it would be very tiresome. <laughs> but I if the movie's boring. I can only imagine the descriptions in the book. I think it's just the actors that are in it. They are just everybody is just doing their best to to portray as subtly as they can their characters. Nobody is overacting. Nobody is bombastic. It's very British. It's very polite, very sedate. 
and very subtle. But it is just an awesome film. And you, I, I, I tell people all the time, if you watch this, you're either going to love it and think this is one of the greatest films you've ever watched, or you're going to absolutely hate it and think I, I wasted two hours of my life. But yeah, <laughs> if you're just down for just a very slow burn one evening, Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. Did you ever see that, that reminds me of the, the Tom Hanks movie that Spielberg directed just a couple of years ago? Like something about a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. A bridge of Spies. Another great but, one. Is that uh, any good? I, it's, it's, the sa- I got, it's the same as. Uh, also, I, I'll just let you know this if you haven't figured this out already. Uh, yeah. A bridge of Spies. Spy games, anything like with Brad Pitt and Robert Redford, all these spy game things, the shows that they, they are up my alley. Like, I love these. Bo- I spy Owen Wilson, Eddie Murphy. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm talking or like Bill Cosby back in the day. I'm talking like the, uh, like three days of the Condor. Spies like us. No, uh, no, no, no. No. Dan Aykroyd. Nope, none of those. Absolutely, th- those are those are a tragedy. Like those are comedies; they're not spy films. But I love, mm. I love slow burning spy films. And and okay. yeah, those are all up in there. Like like this. So is Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy your favorite slow burn spy movie? Uh, it's close. If it's not, it's close. Uh, I, oh, yeah, well, I mean, it, I'll yeah. watch it. I'll watch yeah. it just for you. Well, you can watch it, but I mean, you you will. I can honestly say, I'll, out of then all, I will curse you throughout I, the movie. I, I, out of all of them, like if you want to, okay, if you want to watch something, you want to start off with something a little bit slow, a little a little better, a little better for you, like something that's a spy film that I, 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 I need CGI at some point. What okay. do you got? Well, this doesn't have CGI. This is a much oh. newer film, but it has some wonderful people in it, and it is. What a highly underrated movie. I do not know why this film has not... People don't talk about this film. It was 2015. Okay, Henry Cavill, Army Hammer. I know he's he's in trouble. Oh, seen it. The Man from Uncle. Yes. That is a Man cool, from Uncle. That is a great show. That is a great that's show. A, that's relatively fun, yeah. I don't know why... Uh, Alicia Vikander. Yeah, I don't. Writer. Yeah, I don't know why that didn't get picked up. Like, why was that not a thing? Like, why did people not? Um, I watched it, and I I'm kind of with the people. I guess I'm like it was enjoyable, but uh, the it didn't. I don't know. Like, none of the characters really grabbed me. I wasn't drawn to any of Alicia Vikander. I, I mean, I like her. I, I like Henry Cavill, just period. Anything he does, I'm in on Henry Cavill. Army Hammer is as bland to me as any stone laying on the road. Uh, but that movie was relatively fun. But I remember the original Man from Uncle because my mother liked it. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, you know, an old 60s TV mm-hmm. show. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the movie was fine. But uh, I've yeah, I've already seen it. Okay, it was okay. Well, so yeah, I, it was. I, I really liked it. Or, or watch swing, the Brad Pitt Robert Redford one. I can't remember what that is. I think it. Was okay, Spy I've never Games. seen that one. I think it's called Spy Game. Spy yeah. Games. Watch that. Watch that. It's like Brad Pitt and himself when he's old. Robert Redford. No, it's not. 
No, I mean Robert Redford is like an old Brad. Pitt oh yeah, yeah. Robert Redford is definitely an old Brad Pitt. Robert. They Redford look very similar. Good, to he's me. a good looking like, man. He's he's Brad Pitt in the future. He's a time machine. I Brad like Pittford. I like Robert Redford. Brad Pittford, I said. Okay. Brad Pittford. Brad Pittford. All right. Board game movie. A movie I would like to see made into a board game. Uh, this one was relatively easy for me as I looked over my shelves. Anachrony. It would be just as I'm describing. Oh, that was a good one. That's a good you one. You have the civilization that was destroyed, yet somehow they rebuild. Who would star in it? To- Who would star in it? Um, Somebody. Re- oh, no. See, now that's a good question. Who would star in this movie? Well, I'm very fond of Russell Crowe, even though he's old. and That wouldn't work. But he's getting, he's getting cast in stuff yet again. That wouldn't work. Okay, so uh, X Russell Crowe. Who is my favorite new actor? Oh, you I don't need know. a, you, you, need a you need a Joseph Go- Joseph Gordon Levitt. There's a That's lot of time stuff he does. He did Looper. He did Inception. He's Leo? hot. He's hot right now. No, he's not hot right now. Joseph, I haven't heard of Joseph Joseph Gordon Joseph Gordon Levitt. Like Gordon Levitt Joseph Gordon Levitt's always <laughs> been hot. Don't you don't don't fight me on this. I, that's, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I don't really have an actor right now that I can think of off the top of my head that I really like. I'm going to go watch their movie because so-and-so is in it. Okay. All right. So I give you, I'll, I'll say that. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, remi- I'll, I, that will remind me here in a little bit, but I got to call out, I got to call out Soul Train on that anachrony bit. It's okay. Board games, I would like to see made into a movie. I thought of two. One's an Oscar bait film. So picture this. Are you, are you picturing it? Gobby? Gobby, you're, uh, not, yes, you're not I'm picturing, picturing it. Oh, I'm yeah, picturing, pitch, it. picturing it. Okay. I'm picturing it right now, even though you haven't said it. So I, I, have said a blank, it. I have a blank screen in my head. Clear your mind. Clear, clear your palate. For it's all always this. clear. There's clear nothing your, up there. Clear your palate for this flavor. This is an Oscar bait film. So obviously there's going to be like a swelling score of a family Back in the olden times, just trying to survive. As Agricola. They, yes. As they farm their land. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Going to town to feed their people and trying to survive. Paul Dano. Paul Dano will star in this because I like Paul mm-hmm. Dano. And plus, he already, he already looks like he's starving. And uh, <laughs> what's the girl off of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? You know Kirst- who? Kirst- Kirst- Carrie, Kirsten? Carrie Knightley. Cry, Kira Knightley. Kira yes. Knightley. I like Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Paul Dano, and the Magneto guy. What's his name? Um, oh, good lord! My brain is fried from alcohol. There you go. Him. He's in it too. Remember? Yes, that guy. That guy. So they're doing that. Magneto, Kira Knightley, Paul Dano. Feed your people, Agricola. That's my Oscar bait film. Now, the film that everybody would go and watch. Are you ready for this? Are you ready dun, for this? Dun, 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 dun. Yes. It's stylish. It stars Russell Crowe. And uh, yeah, you yeah. just it did, you just nixed Russell Crowe for mine, but I you put him in your Russell movie. You in didn't your want him in mine sci-fi because crap. You him, I did not. You wanted him to cast him in your movie. Yes, I did not want him in your anachrony sci-fi crap. I wanted him in mine, and you'll see why. Because Russell Crowe will be in this one with other famous Australian-like actors. Uh, that blonde-headed guy. Chris Hemsworth. Yes, him. He. I, yes, I had one of him. Hurt him worse in it. Um, and I thought of the guy, the blonde guy off of the boys. I can't think of his name. He's Australian. He can be in it too. 
He'll be clamoring in it because this board game was designed by the one of the greatest board game designers of all times, Martin Wallace, Austral Z. Oh, there you go. The game of kind of like 1950s, 1960s Australia has been taken over by Cthulhu and they're trying to build a railroad and defeat all these weird monsters while, you know, trying to civilize Australia. It sounds like something that would just be not only just a CGI fest craziness, but yet some neat visuals. I've cast anachrony. You've what? Idris Elba. I've cast anachrony. Oh. Idris Elba, Zoe Saldana, and Gary Oldman as the crazy scientist trying to help them. I heard your your wife laugh at you just then. I think that she's she's in another room, but yes, they're all they're being very loud right now. They're they're wine drunk. Um, <laughs> I look down upon people who drink to an excess. The Merlot, uh, I hate Merlot. I hate Merlot. That's good. I like that. I'd watch that. I'd watch all these films. Send us your favorite board game film to boardgamesnobs at gmail.com. All right, so f- finishes up. This our number one is just something you enjoy, anything, something random. Unlike the rest of this list, you go. I, I've been fighting about this one, so go ahead and go first. Give me a second to think and clarify. Okay, well you can think and clarify all you want. I think most people have seen me post some stuff on Facebook and on the Instagram that I have gotten back to not only into painting but also doing clay modeling. So. This has been something that I have gotten attracted to here lately was this idea of using this polymer clays and being able to make various shapes and, you know, various characters. And if you'll get on YouTube, there's an actually a great YouTube channel called Ace of Clay, where this guy just shows how he makes these various surreal looking models out of polymer clay and then paints them and so forth. Well, I've kind of gotten into that myself. It's very fun. It's relaxing. Kids like doing it. But that kind of led me back down into painting my miniatures again. And I am proud to say that I am so close to finishing up uh, Star Wars, what's that, Imperial Assault. I'm almost done with it. And I just last night finished Rurik. And I have, I'm have i going to take some quality pictures of my Rurik uh, minis and post them. I am somewhat proud of them. One, they turned out really good. I think that they complement the, the, the style, the colors kind of complement the actual board. They look nice. But also, I, I started watching a lot of various videos on how to improve in miniature painting and also joined a Facebook group where... <laughs> you, you are really getting into it. <laughs> yeah, I joined a Facebook group that was... You in it. It's, it's, it's basically a group for noobs who are learning to paint, but it's also run by a bunch of guys who are excellent artists. Like, they know what they're doing. And strangely enough, I found that it was very supportive because people, like new people would post their miniatures and you kind of always would post and say, I started painting a few months back. This is what I just painted. And you would get a lot of positive comments, but you were posting for the idea of give me some criticism. What's the next step I need to do? Like, what, what, what should I work on next? And people were giving constructive criticism. And so you can just hang out in this group and they kind of, and you kind of learn various techniques. And so. I started trying to improve on contrast, on glazing, on wet blending, that type thing. And it, it I, just over a few days, I saw a progression of I've stepped it up a notch. 
I've become better at this. Like I'm, I've turned the corner and I'm not just doing basic colors. I'm wet blending. I have a better understanding of shadows. Uh, I'm getting better at some of the details. I'm not just, uh, I'm doing some stippling and I'm not just, you know, you're putting, a stippler now. Yeah. I'm not just putting washes on everything and going, okay, there you go. And making everything look muddy. Although that I did that a lot on some of these Rurik, uh, some of these Rurik minis, because it's like mm-hmm. I was starting off and I like, you can see a progression with them of like how I used to paint to now, this is how I paint. And I think they've improved greatly. And so I have thoroughly enjoyed painting minis, which brings me back to Anachrony, which makes me remember Soul Train, Mr. Christian Solard. You need to paint your mm-hmm. Anachrony minis. And if you don't, what you need to do is get one of those flat rate boxes from your post office, put your Anachrony's minis in it, throw whatever paint in there you want them painted with, and mail them suckers to me, and I will paint them and mail them back. You can play wow. Anachrony with the tokens if you like until I get them back, but I'm in the mood, and you best catch me soon because sooner or later I'm going to take <laughs> on that. That's the uh, offer. I'm gonna How take, long would that take you to do? Uh, I think Anachrony is like six minis per. Is there six or five minis? I think there's six minis per. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. I think it's six, yeah. I think there's six, and there's five different types because you got the Automa guys, right? Yeah. Uh, well, the good thing is, is that the Chronobots. Once, once you start painting one set, you kind of paint in a in a like factory style. You paint one, you paint the next, and you paint a part of it, and it dries, mm-hmm. and you paint the other one, yeah. and you just keep going. So once Makes you get sense. once you get into a groove, man, you can really crank them out. But yeah, it'd take a long time. I mean, it, it wouldn't be a a week later and they'd be done. This is like a several, a couple months project probably. Huh. But Christian, email me if you want my address. There's no need to have unpainted so, minis. And that's what I would say to all. Painting or clay sculpting? Huh? Painting or clay sculpting, which is your go-to right now? Uh, I, I go back and forth between. Like I'll paint one evening and then while stuff's drying, like I'll get to a point just like everything's just kind of drying. I'm going to take a break and I'll just sculpt. Uh, but that's really my thing. That's really my thing is like, uh, you shouldn't have unpainted minis. Like, even if you don't know how to paint, if there's too many YouTube videos, it's very easy to buy a cheap painting kit that has everything you need. Just start now. Paint something. You know what I've been doing? I've been drinking. That's what I've been doing. Just drinking. And you, sir, what's your... You done? Um, okay. So this is weird. This is really weird. I understand. Candles. In the Not wind? Not them. In the wind? <laughs> no. no. Candles in the wind cause the wax to flow in awkward directions and it's not pretty. I have bizarrely <laughs> gotten into candles. Not like... Not making them. Just purchasing huh? them? I like to purchase... Well, yes, you, it, you have to purchase them. But for lighting and mood lighting... So, for instance, I get weirdly into things and I go like weird, like, okay, I'm into journaling. So, (laughs) I got into pens. So, like, I have bought scads of different types of journaling pens. I have in front of me some, I can only pronounce it, I buy yam. 18 fine liner pens, 18 different colors. I have here a 10 count of sarasa fine felt tip for writing and journaling water resistant by zebra 
I have just loads, loads and loads of pins. So I'm done with that. And then I go to the next thing. And right now I'm into candles. I've been getting all types of candles. I like the tall skinny candles. I know they have a name. I'm not haven't got to that point yet, but all different shapes and sizes of candles. But I really like the old timey candles that like you would put in this, you know, 18th century candelabra and carry it around to light your way. I like them because they provide a, they're efficient. Well, actually they're not because they cost a pretty good amount of money. It's like $5 for a good quality set of candles. But they're just like we when I whenever I have like a TV night or movie night and I'm like wanting to just really set the mood or just when we're sitting around talking to me, Gene and Charday, lots of people have like, you know, maybe they have some a light strip or some Christmas lights up or something that kind of provides this like uh ambiance lighting, right? Mm-hmm. No, maybe just me. Some people do. <laughs> you don't have any ambiance lighting in your house, Jerry? No, I don't. So I have purchased, I have probably about 30 different candles set up in the living room. And whenever we watch a show, I select which one's one I want to light. And I light those candles. And it's a very nice, warm glow. And it adds to the cozy feel of my living room. I love candles in this moment right now. That's my thing. I'm I'm a candle guy. I'm a candle guy. That's just about the dumbest thing I think I've ever heard. But I, I, I encourage all. I'm a candle guy. Follow your passions. If you got candles, you want to send Gobby. Just email him, get his address, and send him some of that. What's that actress that has that? You know, the candles that have the weird smells. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Send him and some her Gwyneth. vagina candles. Yes, yeah, she's got those weird smelling. Endophallus candle, whatever they are. I don't know. She's got that. They're very suspect. She's They're got- not. If you, like people spend lots of money and time I know. trying to figure out how to light their room. I'm like, you know what? Just set up about six or seven strategically placed candles. You've got some a warm, cozy glow she, to your conversation. She's got candles that smell like her feet. Like, who wants to buy a candle that's like Gwyn- buy non-scented, unscented. Gwyneth Paltrow's feet besides Mike Delicious Toes. You set that all up just to say that. I did. I can't let that joke die. It's been going on now for how many episodes? <laughs> that joke will die with me. And you know why? It's because we like to have fun here. That's we why. Do. We do. We do. All right. That's going to close us out. What a weird episode. But I liked it. We did have fun. I had fun. You did have fun, didn't you? After you got done ragging on sandwich artists. They should. Uh, they went to university. They should be better trained. They didn't. It's not a university. It's not a four-year degree to learn how to cut bread down the middle. That's not a degree. They go to like a. It's a certification. It's like a course. It's like a. It's like the class of Thursday. I've been misunderstanding this whole time. No, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's, no, I, no. I kept calling her Dr. Emily. <laughs> no, I, 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 I for making. one, have a deep a respect. A PhD in cutting bread. <laughs> PhD. I have deep respect for sandwich artists and for any. I do too. No, you, I'm, okay. <laughs> you just often gripe about. You're trying to make me the bad guy. Speaking of painting, you're painting me as the bad guy. I'm not. Painting you as the bad guy. I'm just saying you had some harsh words 
I wanted to melt. She didn't know what I was talking about. The poster was behind her. It was behind her. She acted confused. I just want somebody that's doing their job to do their job. Know your job just a little bit. Just a little bit. I, I understand. Just a kid. It's okay. I, I, don't, I'm, I'm, I, I don't harbor ill will towards her. It's over. I'm over it. But she's not over it. She's probably reeling from that. Like she went home and told her husband that there's this big truck driver come to Subway. And he kept, he kept, I just want to melt. And I didn't know. And she's crying. And he's sitting there trying to comfort her. And they don't have a microwave. And that's how she didn't know what a melt was. She has no heat source for which to practice melting at home. And well, you buy a bunch of candles. You can learn that. Candles will teach you the way of melting. But just don't blow on them or else that'll wax will melt weird on the side. Well, it's kind of weird. That's it. But then that makes it kind of gothic looking. Yeah. You don't want that. Goth candles? <laughs> Goth candles? Like candles that like light themselves? What is that? You know, I, I don't a, know. I don't know what those are. I don't want any golf candles. Now, wouldn't those be candles that aren't lit? I mean, that's what it is. They're ca- they're golf is the dark. dark, right? <laughs> they're just they're just black candles that yeah. just sit there. That's what you never... should do. You should make golf candles. No can- wick. There's you should no make- wick in them. <laughs> yes, you should make golf candles, and then you could call them something like John Wick. John Wickless candles. John and, Wickless. And then, and then you can sell them, and then when people try to light them, like, how do you light these? They, they're they're fire resistant. They're fire it's retardant. Just, and you can't light them. Uh, you put like, them on warmers, because there's no flame going to come out of yeah, them. They just they, melt. They're just there. They just melt. When they bring no light. You're like, though, they're goth. There's no light in their life. That's, that's going to do it for this show. I, I'm not against goth. I'm anti-goth. I'm not anti-goth. I am pro-sandwich artist. I'm neutral about goth. I am neither pro nor anti-goth. You're neutral Bogart. <laughs> I am neutral Bogart, neutral goth, pro sandwich artist. Oh, we've learned so much today. Well, that's going to do it. Have a good day, night, send, evening, morning. Send us, send us voice messages. How do you like your salads? Chopped or not chopped? I'm Gabby. This is just chopped. You want them chopped, people. <sighs> That's Jerry. Bye-bye. Chop them salads. Slap chops.